0: On this team, we fight for that itch. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that
1: itch. Coming Coming in at at 320 kilobytes kilobytes per second, ladies and gentlemen, it's It's time time. for for, Matty
0: force for
1: For you you. and me. me. All right, welcome to Maddie C Sports for you and me. Um have a guest today who has a vast knowledge of basketball boxing. And uh from what I hear, you're an encyclopedia of knowledge in both of these uh categories. Uh Marcel Smith, how you doing today, man? Great, man. Wonderful, great to be with you. So I want to first off um let me tell let me ask you about um how basketball has influenced your life and how it started with you and pretty much boxing too how did all of that come into play in about what time Uh,
0: from from the onset so before boxing in my house it was uh martial arts kung fu karate movies things like that um from that i found the love of boxing and and i actually was a gymnast and then basketball slipped right in there, right around, I think I'd say six, seven, eight years old. Um, yeah. Uh, the first championship I remember is, uh, 84 Celtics. But, uh, as far as myself, I grew up in Roxbury, Massachusetts and, um, Marcella street and, uh, the neighborhood was rough. So we would play on, uh, we'd bend the wire hanger, put it on the back of the door, ball up a sock and, Have basically the entire neighborhood, my whole neighborhood in my little room. That's that's where I learned the ball, and you know it was physical. We got aggressive, and we go full court from door to door in my room on Marcella Street. That's how it started. Then eventually got older, they let you outside. I would go play at Washington Park, which is uh, Boston's Rucker Park. uh, You know, for all intents and purposes, and Marcella Street Park. From there, that landed me. a pretty notable player. My grandparents moved out to Brockton and I ended up at South Junior High, which has my heart and soul, as everyone knows. But yeah, just, you know, from the days of playing on a wire hanger with balled up socks to everything that's come along with it, it's been a fun ride.
1: That's amazing, man. You know, a a lot of people don't, um, don't have the respect for people who have come from that kind of background and, um, you know, just really having pretty much playing in your room, like you say, but other kids are more, um, they got a brand new $7,000 basketball hoop in their front yard and a court made in their front yard, you know, so I have a lot of respect for that. So um, going on to, you um, later on in life did you how long did you keep playing ball like have you just been pretty much all your life and keep going to this day haven't
0: stopped uh played earlier today at uh Rogers (laughs) park and brighton where there's a bunch of good run college kids uh played in new york the world famous west fourth street uh five days ago tuesday i believe something like that um just haven't stopped uh one of my good friends man we were sitting around one time and he said hey man i'm a shark and i said what's that mean and he said sharks are one of the most athletic uh things on this planet but come the rest they never stop they always move and that's how they keep their athleticism And he said you got to be a shark man and I, I, that since i heard those words it's been my approach ever since so i've never really stopped playing played at college locally masterway community college played after that yeah. a little bit play, played for um what they would call protein, but it was more like a semi-pro team down in Rhode Island. The uh, the former Rhode Island goals, and uh, I think now, they uh, Providence has a team. But in between that, they were sponsored by uh, Texas Instruments, which is the um, the you know the calculator company. And the all calculators, that. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Played for those. Shout out Bob Cloutier. He used to write my checks when I played, and uh, you know I and I, as I told you off, you know when we spoke yesterday uh i played a couple episodes of ball up which is which formerly was and one um that was fun those experiences but as far as playing played in men's leagues everywhere i never really stopped playing um never going to stop you know i'm going to do it until i can't do it anymore luckily i've been able to hold on to my athleticism uh, no drinking, no smoking, no drugs for kids out there. I think that's part of it. Like, I don't even know what wine tastes like, you know. Um, I think that's a big part of it. But, yeah, I just never stopped playing. I love the game. Game has loved me back. It's put me in some great positions. I, All my best friends I've met through basketball, been able to travel, meet some cool people through the game. So,
1: yeah. That's awesome. And the big thing is, is that, you know, it's a big factor, in you know, not drinking, not smoking, not doing all that stuff. It's gonna make you a more, that have you more agility and more, and you're gonna have more um, runtime on the court because you know you do all that stuff. Like, I'm sure you know stories of um, players who have had trouble. And recently, um, Delonte West has a, had a little bit of a problem with his mental health stuff and drugs and stuff like that. And nobody really under, understands like the mental health aspect of it or what I think he was, was he sniffing gasoline or something like that, but it don't matter. I mean, like stuff can affect your game. And he was, he was a decent player back in the NBA and it, it's a good thing that they have, I would consider you an ambassador of the game because you're, you're treat, you're treating the game as your like your child, you know, like, it's a very important game to you. And I respect a lot of that. So, I mean, like you said, drugs, smoking, and all that stuff is not good for your game. I mean, I don't think Steph Curry probably does that either. So, mm-hmm. um, going on with that, I mean, me and you grew up at a time, well, you better than me, you seeing the um, 80s style transitioning into the 90s, and of course, on, on and on and on. But so, from the late 80s was like, one of the best years seeing, um, you know, Larry Bird, Bill Lambeer, Isaiah Thomas, um, Kevin McHale, uh, the list goes on. And the introduction of Michael Jordan, I mean, what was it like for you? Because in the 80s, in early 90s, I wasn't really into basketball until, like we discussed yesterday, like the 94 finals with uh, the Knicks and the, um, and the Rockets. What, what do you think, like, that was – do you think that was an important time like that brought the nba back per se
0: yeah uh so you know as far as my youth i'm a little i'm a little too young to really had caught bird and magic at their you know their initial stages of coming in i kind of caught i think i would you know what people would call birds prime um you know i had privileges i had the privilege of um I guess, cause I could put a ball on the hoop pretty good as a kid and my grandmother was a very nice person. We had uh, a wonderful lady. She uh, befriended Bill Walton in 86, when his, uh, you know, he made his trip over here to come play with the 86 Celtics. So um, a little after that, 87, 88, I was able to uh, get access to some of the Celtics practices and watch Larry Bird practice, um, which we can get into that a little bit. Um, and uh, I, I got to watch you know behind the scene things and, and uh, as far as how the NBA and those guys carried themselves. And that was a tremendous time for the game. Uh, it put an imprint uh, on my game as far as you know how I wanted to carry myself, uh, my approach, work, ethic, things like that. Um, and those times are just great. I mean, you know, my grandmother only she only knew basketball because of me because she loved her grandson but she picked Dennis Johnson, Isaiah Thomas and Dennis Rodman as her three favorite players because those guys just they embodied how you should play the game. You know what I mean? Um they all played hard, they played physical. Zeke was uh, uh you know a showman but at the same time he had that Chicago toughness in him and uh and just that that entire NBA it's just it's very tough. Like I tell people all the time uh how we view Golden State a few years, the, the Milwaukee Bucks of the '80s were that team, and they couldn't even sniff—they couldn't sniff the NBA Finals because you just mm-hmm. had the Celtics, you had the Lakers, you had the Atlanta Hawks at that time. You had the even—even even the Bulls with Jordan in the beginning of stages were tough. And M- Milwaukee was a super team and couldn't couldn't sniff the NBA Finals because it was just that competitive. Um, completely different time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It is a completely different time. And I um I remember having a Golden State Warriors jersey with Kevin Richardson on it. And that was about the time was it Kevin Richardson, right? He started like the, in mid 2000s. Jason Richardson. Jason. Jason Richardson, excuse me. Yeah, so I remember having his jersey and that was like the time when Golden State wasn't still wasn't getting there, but it's like now they're just one of those teams that everybody knows and loves. And you didn't really see people going to Oakland and filling the seats. And now all of a sudden they're a major team in the thing. It's like Michael Jordan going to a- a- um, the uh, the Amway center in uh, Chicago. Like you couldn't get a ticket to go see Michael Jordan or you would go to another, uh, correct. Or you would go to another arena. Like I, I just love like, You know, know. everything about that era of basketball, because it was a rivalry every night. Didn't matter if you went to Georgetown. It didn't matter if you went to Virginia Tech. You you had boys playing on the same team. It was a battle every night. And, you know, like uh, teams, you just couldn't get in the paint like they had elbows and, and all that stuff. It was a gritty time in the nineties of playing basketball. I wouldn't want uh Carl Malone to get it all in my face, man. That's some scary stuff there. <laughs> so I mean man, this there's, so
0: there's, there's there's a ton of guys, man. Um you know if you think about it like uh the Atlanta Hawks, they had they had Kevin Willis, they had they had Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers was a you know a big yes. Doc Rivers. About six, three three-ish, four, five, maybe even five. Tough, you know, tough defender. Uh, obviously, we all know the Pistons. Tap tap. Anytime Jordan came in the lane, shout out my boy Greg Berry. Uh, tap tap. Anytime Jordan came in the lane, they were laying him down. He was going to the floor. Michael Jordan or not, you know what I mean? They were slamming him to the ground. Uh, the Celtics were physical. You, you think about the Celtic size. Uh, DJ, 6'3 guard. Danny Ainge, 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. Larry Bird, 6'9", 230. Kevin McHale, 6'10-ish and a half. Robert Paris, 7'1", seven, one, seven, seven, one. Big guy, big physical game coming off the bench. Guys coming off the bench, Scott Wedman, Bill Walton. Um, just, uh, yeah, definitely a more physical game. Um, Charles Oakley, guys like that. Charles Barkley. Oh, oh you know, yeah, you know,
1: Charles Oakley. been
0: you know, for days, man. Um, just a, a a physical brand of basketball that I love. Um I know you love it as well. Uh Oh not absolutely. The now. Not the same now but we you know it is what it is.
1: And like uh, like me and you were saying yesterday talking about Allen Iverson over uh Tyron Lue and just jumping over him. That's like a memory I will remember forever. That game one game and then the Lakers smoked him out but that was a true true meaning to me like it was still basketball in that era. I think that was 2000... Was that 2001 or
0: 2003? Uh, I, I I don't want to miss... I don't want to miss... Uh, I don't want to incorrectly say the year, but I I believe when he stepped over, it might have been 01. Could have been 01. Yeah, I
1: thought so. Mm-hmm. Um, just like stuff like that, like uh, Eric Snow, Dikembe Mutombo, like um, just... It, it's just the the list just goes on like grinders and, you know, back in, back when, oh wait, Celtics, you know, like um, Eddie house would come out, uh, you know, Sam Cassell, like just all these like big players would just come out of nowhere. And it was amazing. The chemistry with, you know, Garnett, Allen, uh, Pierce, all that. And people don't realize how, how spoiled we were in the eighties and, winning in 2008 too it was amazing and even if the Celtics are not good we still have a fan base now where there's people in that garden that just don't give up on the Celtics whether they win or lose but we're back to our winning ways I think but the playoff situation now what do you, what do you think about this 9-10 and you know fighting in for the playoff spot
0: Yeah um that's a great one so I think they underperform. I think the Celts are underperforming a little bit. Uh I mean, great call, great call by Danny going with Tatum over Folks. I would I would have been wrong. Like, I think I would have went with Folks at the time. Um Tatum, great call by him. Jalen Brown, great call. Um, I think I feel like those guys, you know, they are not necessarily sleepwalking, but kind of just chilling. They kinda of chilled, uh, relied on the talent a little bit, and you gotta get after it every night. Um, I'm not sure they built the bench uh for the best possible scenario, if you know what I mean. Like I I don't feel like they built the bench as, as well as they could have. Like uh, for example, I would have I would have I rarely like hometown guys coming home, but I would have loved to see uh Shabazz Napier here uh as in a backup role. Um kids a dog, he's from Roxbury, um, he's got the Boston toughness. I think they needed a little bit of that um you know he you know he, he's just as tough as Marcus Smart uh so that um, I like that
1: yeah I like how Smart is a grinder like you say he's just he'll he's kind of like uh the baby brother of Dennis Rodman he'll jump after any ball it doesn't matter if in the in the club seats he'll he'll friggin' take the ball and put it right back on the court he's a grinder you need that.
0: a couple guys like that to win championships though you know um couple of guys like that to play their role but you know what in the playoffs i think i think you know i think they'll be all right uh they're gonna be a tough out you're not just gonna put them to sleep they're not gonna go away um i think i mean look what tatum did the other night i i I know it was an ot or whatever but you know a -A -A, 60 i tell people 60 on any level is is tough i don't i don't care what level you're playing on it is you're playing semi-pro you're playing in a league at the Y, you're playing in the park. I don't care. 60 points is is tough. And yeah, for him to yeah. do it on that stage and the way it was really easy for the kid. Um, He's amazing. He, he can carry a team. He's a superstar. Jalen Brown, superstar. Mm-hmm. Um, Kimba seems to be coming back to form. I think they're going to be all right. They're going to shock a lot of people. They're going to surprise. Anybody that thinks they're just going to walk south this, they're, they're mistaken. They're they're truly mistaken.
1: There's a reason why they took um, they took Miami last year to seven. So um, just it's amazing how their growth is, and I really respect Jason Tatum just because of the fact that he is a respecter of the game. He knows how to play the game, and he doesn't really speak much of the game after. He doesn't talk crap about anybody. And, you know, I respected um, going off to another player like Kevin Durant. Like, he's been a big time. I have nothing but respect for him back in the day. But once he went to um, Golden State, he started to, you know, raise his tone a little and stop being, you know, the quiet guy. He started talking, and I'm like, where'd this come from? You know, like, I I just, I, I was surprised at that a lot of players are starting hey, all, to play. in
0: all, all in all all in all right garnett is a washington i mean garnett durant is a washington dc baltimore area guy man so i'm I, as skinny as he is i'm sure he's got a little toughness in him so that was that baltimore dc area was going to come out eventually um i don't i don't blame him i, I don't blame him at all
1: i'll say, see uh, like I, i'm just i was really surprised at that and you know, he played he played very well at Texas, too. And he, oh. he was just he was just a beast at Texas. It was amazing to see. And um, yeah, it, it's just a sight to see. And I really hope the Nets can really come back together. Like, I just feel that there's still no chemistry with that team. Like some point, some part of that team is missing. And I just don't know what it is. You know, like. What do you think about Brooklyn right now? Uh,
0: what what's the saying? Too many Chiefs, not enough Indians. Maybe
1: you know what I mean. Like you know, yeah. there's
0: only really one basketball out there. Like you know, I think Harden still may lead the NBA in assists uh, at this point. He's one or two, right? But um, you know, the guy wants to jack 400 shots a game. That's what he really wants to do. So he's playing this role, which is which is cute, and that's fine. But we know what James wants to do. He wants to shoot the ball, doesn't want to defend much, no interest in playing defense. And, and um, you know, he wants to be the show. And Kyrie's ball dominant. Durant needs the ball in his hand to, you know, be effective. So it could be a little bit of that. But like I said, that's another, that's another thing. They're going to be a tough out as well. Um, they're not just going to lay down. They'll get it figured out. And a lot of these guys, when they get to certain parts in there or get to a certain um, level in their career, a certain time frame, they know what it takes uh, in the playoffs. So they might just sleepwalk a little bit till they get to the playoffs and then turn it up and do what they got to do. They're not going to just lose in the first round or something like that. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. So the big question is who do you think is the – the team not to mess with with in the East, in the, in the West, what what teams are you favoring that you think are, are just a dangerous team right now to be in the playoffs?
0: <laughs> pains me to say, pains me to say Brooklyn pains me that pain. Oh, uh, it hurts, but, <laughs> Brooklyn, and, and, and possibly the Celts, possibly the Celts. And that's not a hometown thing. Cause I don't get into that. I'm a Patriots mm-hmm. guy more than anything, but, um, And in the West, one of the teams in LA, man, either one, you choose, you
1: pick Lakers, Clippers, either one. I, I literally have to say, um, I would have to go with Kawhi, man. He's just on a whole nother level. I think he's a, he's a big part of that team and I think he's going to excel. I, and I honestly think that the Lakers don't have an easy run. I remember, Last year, I mean, like Denver was giving people a hard time. You know, it, you sure. never know in the playoffs. The playoffs are a whole other realm. And like you said, the Celtics, I think, got a big one. And I also think Brooklyn's got a chance. So that that's what I think in this playoffs. And I don't know. I just think that that's going to be the battle teams, the danger teams, I say. And now I have the big question for you, Marcel, is <laughs> – are you sick of the LeBron James, Michael Jordan comparison?
0: Uh, Okay. So I don't think there's a, a comparison at all. So in my, in my estimation, Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player I ever saw. I don't, I don't think there's a close second. Although I will tell you that I think Larry Bird is number two. Um, so sick of it at one point maybe i just i don't entertain it anymore i i I don't think there's i don't think it's a fair comparison at all um michael jordan is just it's it's just an incredible level if you you know okay so nightly on a given basis in one point in jordan's career he would face and i'm gonna run off some names he'd face well just the celtics alone when when he was mm-hmm. a kid in 86 um and ainge should go on the hall of fame so that's five the five starters in the hall danny ainge is a hall of fame basketball player to me but um absolutely so you got you got ainge mikhail Parish, bird i understand these guys didn't defend him but dennis johnson uh he played against <laughs> rodman dumars isaiah Magic, worthy, Dominique, and, and LeBron just doesn't have those contemporaries either at his position. I mean, Paul George, like I mean, uh, okay, uh, you know who else covers uh Swaggy Pete, like who who covers LeBron on a nightly basis? Now, some people may say that's because LeBron's so great, and I think LeBron would be good in those in that era, but I've I've seen LeBron James play. Basketball before it's Charles Barkley. It's just the same thing. It's the same thing. Um, And I love Charles. Don't get me wrong. He's one of my favorite players. But Charles isn't Michael Jordan, and LeBron is not Michael Jordan either. I, I I just I don't think it's a fair comparison. And I I don't think you ever see this comparison, or you ever hear it made by people who actually saw Michael Jordan back in the day. If you saw Michael Jordan, you wouldn't make this comparison.
1: That's true. That is absolutely might- true. That is a great point. And the names you ran off was, that was just the beginning. There was another stage of Michael Jordan after, after that. 93 to 98, like, well, besides his off time playing baseball, um, you know, like I was talking about earlier, Carl Malone, John Stockton, um, Mm -hmm. um, the Charlotte Hornets. um, um, We could, we could go on and on. I mean, you know, he had a tough time with a lot of teams and, you know he he would just say people will call him out and say oh well uh, I ran uh, I ran this many points around you he'd say the next game like he would drop forty five like it was nothing he's like oh yeah like let's go so he just would just go off and that's what I loved about his game and he was describing in his documentary I won't give everything away in there but in his quick thing he said I was mad about um, who, who was it that got the MVP before him? Carl Malone. Carl Malone. It, I don't think it was Carl Malone. I think it was before that. But anyways.
0: was Barkley.
1: When that, Either Barkley or Malone. I think it was Malone. So he was pissed about that. He said, I took offense to that, and I ran – I wanted to just – I didn't care about who in the East was in the playoffs. I was going to take all of them out until I saw Carl Malone and just took it to the house and just beat – Beat them down, in you know, the flu game. Like, th- there's so many moments that if you, like you said, if you didn't see Michael Jordan for real, then you had no clue his greatness. And it was amazing to see him all the time, and they would always be on NBC or you know popular channels, so we, you could see Michael Jordan anytime you want. Yes. So I mean, what a what a competitor. So I have
0: so I'll run a story we talked about yesterday. So. As I mentioned, going back uh, with the access to the Celtics practices, I, on on one occasion, saw Larry Bird practice when I, so we had this thing, my grandmother and I, we would go to the practices and um, we noticed Bird was always the first person there. And usually the last person to leave, but we, at the beginning, we noticed he was the first person there. So it became a thing of us. Let's try to get to Hellenic College at the time it was at Hellenic before Bird does. So we went one day two hours early. Larry Bird was already there. He had beaten us there. He was running. He was just running like the bleachers or the track, One, of one or, or maybe both, right? And he ran for about two hours. Seemed like this man never came to rest. Then the rest of his teammates got there. They had Celtics practice. 90-minute practice, two-hour practice. He went up and down at 100%. Practice was over. Everybody left. Larry Bird stayed. And I think it was maybe Ainge rebounded for him. For about another two hours, and Bird just got shot up. I watched that man practice for six hours, and that was routine. But I say that to say this: people say Jordan had that same work ethic, and Larry Bird, uh, Magic. They were saying Jordan was better than them before he even got to the NBA. If you go on YouTube, you can find there's a couple All-Star games. I think it's like USA versus NBA, something like that. You can find this on YouTube. Michael Jordan's not in the league yet. He it, it, it's right shortly after the draft there's a team of young college kids going on tour playing against nba kids and michael jordan is the most dominant player on the floor and it's not like the nba teams are watered down they have jordan i mean i'm sorry they have bird they have magic they have isaiah thomas and michael jordan is cooking all these guys he was the best player playing basketball before he was even in the league And, and i tell people like this michael air jordan Is a is a I know you can't see it, but he's this much above Michael Air Jordan is is that and then and then but there's also just Michael Jeffrey Jordan, you know, after baseball and he's still the best. But Michael Jordan's Michael Air Jordan's the best player ever. Michael Jeffrey Jordan is the second best player. Then you need to start the list from there, in my opinion. People will argue Kareem and other guys, but no, it's it's no. Come on, it's Michael Jordan.
1: Yeah, I mean, (laughs) just don't, don't have Michael Jordan wear 45. He'll only have 23 instead of 45 points. (laughs) (laughs) The the numbers will reverse, but yeah, like you said, like going to Celtics practices and seeing Larry Bird like that. And, um, you know, I love, it's just a thing. I love basketball documentaries about all those teams. And like, they would show Larry Bird would go to the TD. Um, not well, now it's not TD. uh, the old garden, he go up and down the rows, up and down, up and down, yep. up and down, and just not stop. And he had a game to play. That's yeah. what amazes me. You have a game to play and you're dropping all those points. It's amazing.
0: I it's, saw these things. These things are true. I, I saw them happen.
1: You know what I mean? I totally believe you, man. Uh, it, it's just amazing. And, you know, uh, I'm just glad you got to like visit those moments. That's going to be like, you could tell that story for years and that's like a sentimental thing to you you know and yeah that's so like amazing to be able to see that so i'm glad you uh the comparison to michael air jordan and then michael jeffrey jordan i like that i like that Mm -hmm. style of how you're saying it because that's amazing in itself so like going on from that i mean i don't think like in a current basketball player state of mind that obviously people know that Michael Jordan went to North Carolina it's it, it's a it's a it's an obvious but did yeah. you know Larry Bird went to Indiana State did you know that Reggie Miller played at U, uh, UCLA did you know that Magic Johnson played at Michigan State nobody really like if you know about that you know about that and I, I wish that kids that play basketball have education on such legends like this or Bill Russell, you know, he went to God, university, of San Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah. San Francisco. So, yep. Yep. Yeah. And it was, it was cool. Cause, um, I believe it was in Monroe, Louisiana that when I went down there, I think I told you about that too. Um, they have a place down there that they were showing, um, his old, I think it was his old high school basketball Jersey down there and they had it framed and everything and like just he's well known everywhere. And it was, he said it was racist down there. Then he goes to the NBA and it's racist down there uh, up here in Boston. Like, do you think that the racism has gone, gone down in the NBA? Cause it seems like they're really pushing hard for this to stop. And I really appreciate the, the NBA really, you know, trying to stop the racism, not just in basketball, but other sports too.
0: Well, racism is, uh, <laughs> racism <laughs> is a thing, you know, um, um, that's a whole nother podcast, right? Uh,
1: yeah, it is another podcast. As far as
0: in the NBA, it's far, yeah, as far as in the NBA, um, they they've made good efforts. They, they, they've, they they're doing a good job, um, settling some of the differences, uh, you know, for the most part, uh, they they jumped ahead of it. They were ahead of it more than other sports leagues. Uh You know, society. I I don't get it. I it's just something that confuses me. Racism, the color of mm-hmm. someone's skin, and you know, some of my best friends are. I mean, I, we got all different colors, right? Like you know, growing yeah. up, the pack I ran with was the white kid, the Spanish kid, and me. You know, we had like the racial triangle. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I I just for one never understood it even as a kid growing up in Roxbury where you you're not going to encounter a white person you know what i mean but when you did yeah. it just wasn't it you know you didn't treat them any different um and 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 personally uh it's what the nba had was always a good melting pot to to be able to see um collaborations between you know, it was mostly white and black, you know. Um, and now, you know, you got Serbians. Croatia, Croatia was one of the first to break through. You got um, yeah, Tony Chinese, Kukoc. Japanese. Uh, yep. Yeah, Tony. That's exactly Tony Kukoc, Dino Raja.
1: Uh, Dino Raja. Uh,
0: Sabonis, Petruvić. Arvidas Sabonis. Uh, man, one of the best shooters of all time. Rest uh,
1: in peace, man. Um, Terrible what happened he, to him. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um,
0: uh, there's, there was one more. Did I say Arvidas? I said Arvidas Sabonis. Yes, there was yes. one more guy. I want, oh, Sarunas Martelunas. So you know those guys breaking through. Um, but yeah, the, the NBA's. Uh, it's good to see that they recognition of the issue rather than hiding behind it, recognizing there is an issue still in in 2021, which is just ridiculous in itself, right? That's that's ridiculous that we still have. These issues that I hear my elders speak about. Uh, my my mom my mom is born in 1956. We still hear 1956 ish things going on in 2020. That's as ridiculous in itself. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, my but, family too.
0: You know, 55, 56. Yeah, but um, you know, it seems it seems that things are on an upward trend, regularly, and that's a great thing. That's a good. Thing.
1: Yeah, definitely. And so switching topics, I will switch to a much better topic about, um, we'll go to boxing. So, um, so man, like, so I would have to say going into my boxing first start, my, my best friend showed me all the old school clips, Ali Frazier. Um, of course, if you don't know that, then you don't know boxing, obviously. Um, you know, Marvin ha- and Hagler, Tommy Hearns, um, the the list goes on, and you know, even current like uh, Lomachenko and Lopez, who just upset him, um, yeah. So, like, tell me what you your uh your boxing background, like what what you have you seen and done, like with with boxing and stuff, because I know you said about martial arts and stuff like that too
0: okay yeah so like you know my family was big in martial, into martial arts far before bootang any of that you know it was, it
1: was <laughs> yeah
0: most most families in roxbury boston area you came home sunday saturdays was early morning saturday cartoon and then karate movies until six at night like that that's just what it was in in boston um at being a minority in boston uh that was your weekend um uh, through that, you know, I got into a little bit of the, uh, boxing. I would watch um you know all this the same old school things that you said, but I really fell in love with Pennell Whitaker, who is who is to this day, rest in peace, um, my favorite all-time athlete over Jordan, over Moss, over Brady, just Panel Whitaker. He he was a guy that um instilled, you know, I never met him, but instilled just a level of confidence that this guy, the stories you would hear, you know, there was no internet, but you would hear stories he would spar, you know, at 140, being a welterweight, he would spar heavyweights and stop them. Not knock them out, but make them quit. You know, things of that nature. And he just, such a defensive fighter, he would make people miss. you completely miss not, you know, Floyd takes things off the shoulder. Everyone knows the shoulder roll and the elbows Pennell would make people straight out. Just miss him. Like it, it was like watching the matrix. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And he, and he fought South par, which is the stance that I, I, I enjoy. I like, and, um, so South par is, you know, right hand forward, front foot, for, right foot forward. So he, you know, he was the guy that jumped out at me, obviously, um, having some Brockton ties, Hagler, um, Hagler's grandmother lived right up the street from my grandmother so I would see him in the neighborhood sometimes and if we were out like my grandparents house was the house on the block everybody came to hoop at in the driveway so he'd drive by sometimes he would stop and he'd say hey you know you gotta you guys stick with it and stuff like that he was such he's a real cool dude um so you know obviously you're gonna support a guy from the neighborhood I'm not old enough to have seen Marciano. But I understand the legacy,
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: yeah. Star Sugar Ray, um, and things of that nature. But guys, I really locked on to were early on Pennell, Bernard Hopkins,
1: uh, Winky Wright. Oh, um, uh, Winky Wright, showing an Winky, old name. So Winky, I like Winky, that.
0: Winky Wright, is, Winky Wright is actually my my second favorite boxer of all time. Because um, I like those slept on guys. I'm 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 that type of guy too. You know. I'm not like if we we're having a rap discussion. I'm not gonna say, oh, Yo, list your top five: Biggie, Tupac, Nas." Everybody always says that. Like, like that's always the, the, the list. I don't want to hear that. So like, um, Bernard Pernell, um, and then you know I I saw Floyd's entire career, literally his entire career from the Olympics on. Um, wasn't always a fan as he got older. I started to respect him a lot um Pacquiao those guys
1: I love um, but Pacquiao I, yeah,
0: man I've seen I've seen I've seen it all uh you know there's there's underrated guys like we spoke about yesterday I've seen Manfredo Peter you know guys that aren't elevated uh seen Peter Mayfredo, Saki Obika um up to Tia Fimo you know um, I might go see Tia Fimo fight soon um I I just I love the sport uh Diego Corrales, that's a guy. Oh, yeah, able to get a picture with him before he passed. Rest in peace to him. Um, see some incredible fights along the way. I I just love the sport. I'm in and out of gyms all the time, man. It was just in the gym in Miami, not Fifth Street where um Ali used to train. I was there about three weeks ago.
1: That's amazing. And yeah. I'll tell you, man. Like you, you named off a lot of fighters, and you know, I loved Arturo Gotti. Not just for the, you know, the fighter movie yep. that everybody knows, the fights he yelled so far. Uh, Antonio yep. Margarito, like, uh, he had battles. Um, you know, Zab Judah, I always used to watch him. And he was about on the decline by the time I started watching him. And uh, it was sad to see because he was a good fighter, too. Um, yep. You know, every like you said, everybody
0: I got to name someone. Really quick. I'll go ahead. Costa Zoo, if, if, cause you named Zab. So Costa Zoo is in my personal top 10 all time. He's the first guy to beat Zab. He's the first person to beat Zab. Knocked him out in the second round. Costa Zoo was uh, an incredible fighter. What we call a dog. That guy was just a dog. He doesn't get enough credit, enough mention. He, he, he's, he's a legendary fighter. Roger Mayweather, re- le- re- legendary guys.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And like, you know, everybody fell off the the face of the earth. That I I feel like um, Ricky Hatton, the fighter from uh, from Britain, okay. just yep. had a trouble a problem. Like we were talking about, drank too much and partied too much, and then he fell on the floor. Um, uh, one of my favorite fighters was Joe Calzaghe because he, he kept mm-hmm. he just had the heart and just he would fight with all his might every single solitary fight and i thought it was amazing how he how he presented himself as well um i did like roberto duran i didn't like how he acted with sugar ray but that's that's a whole another thing and um the list goes on man i mean there's so many fighters out there i mean ray boom boom mancini except that you know it's tragic what happened with him in the ring with dooku kim um um yeah, I mean, dude, the list goes on. And um, I've been Finny, to the Finny Boxing Ponsienzo Hall of Fame. Benny Ponzi, yep. Yep. What,
0: what were we going to say about the Hall of Fame?
1: So I've went to the Boxing Hall of Fame twice, and it's in the little town of Canisota, New York. It's probably yes, it about is. the size of a small, small ass. Avon. Avon. Yeah. Avon ass, right? Same size. Yeah. Yeah. Just about eight. No, I'd say Holbrook is a little bit tinier than that. <laughs> um so there is amazing things in this place honestly like tommy hearns trunks when he fought hearns hearns uh like his cast like this of his hand i'm like that dude got massive hands man and then like you know you see old um old rap uh tape of uh rocky masiano uh just all this amazing stuff and haggler's um robe is in there like boxing history is in there and they just um um, i think they took it two or three years ago they took the madison square garden ring and brought it to canistota and it's it's in that um big um um i would say warehouse right now it's huge so much boxing history and memorabilia there if you're if you go there it's so worth it as a boxing fan
0: so and, I actually I wanted to go to the um, the inductions right before COVID hit. So now they're mm-hmm. gonna they're meshing. I believe it's the, the three years, uh, into one day. I think it's two, um, yeah. Tune, it's, I want to say I think they're gonna. Is it two years or three? I think it's.
1: It's the it's the two past ones and the the current one and.
0: Current. Yeah. So Floyd, Andre Ward, those guys, in the year before that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but I have been to the Nevada Boxing Hall of Fame.
1: Um, oh, really? Okay.
0: Michelle Corrales, Diego, Diego, Diego's former wife, Michelle Floyd. So Michelle Corrales, Diego's ex-wife, uh, Widow, and um, basically Floyd and, and, you know, his family put the money behind, the money people behind it. But I've been there, and that's a pretty cool place, too. But I know Canisota, there's just – there's got to be nothing like that nothing like that I haven't been had nothing. a chance to make it up
1: here yet nothing and um I actually went <laughs> it was me and my 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 boy he we were going it was actually my graduation day they were like all right hurry up we got to get to soda I'm like it's my graduation party <laughs> so we go up <laughs> so I leave my party and I go up there it's the induction of Roberto Duran. And, oh. you know, and it was crazy, dude. So we see Michael Buffer, as you know, like, let's get ready to rumble like right. that. Sh- and uh, it was he said it and then he said it in Spanish, too. So <laughs> it was like it was like amazing. We got his autograph from my buddy. His his um, his father was a big um, Duran fan. So like there's so many like amazing things that happen at that little town for only a couple of days. So it's worth it to go to Canasota to see the big stuff. And you will see Mayweather like right in front of your face. I don't, uh, and uh, it, that'll be amazing in itself. I'm sure it's, uh, I'm sure you'll love it because it's it's amazing.
0: I, um speaking of, speaking of Floyd, so um, going backwards a little bit, you know, I was, I think because I was such a heavy Penel Whitaker guy, it took me time to warm up to Floyd. And then you know, people say, oh, he's boring. If anyone who says that doesn't understand the sport of boxing, like nah, the don't. first thing when you walk, when you walk into a boxing gym, they tell you protect yourself at all times. It's the very first thing they tell you. The second the second thing they're gonna tell you is sticky boot. They don't tell you these two things, please walk out of the gym. Like, because that those are the basics of boxing. It's 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 such an easy sport if you know how to protect yourself. And then, you know, if you know how to hit. And not be hit. I mean, you know, and that's what the kid does. Is um, he's a master at that. And and as he got older, he got better. And that is like you know, Floyd, pretty pretty boy Floyd, beat guys up. If you go look at the record, anytime he fought an undefeated fighter or fought for a title, he usually stopped the guy, stopped them, mm-hmm. or knocked them out. But he normally stopped that person. It didn't go to a decision. As he became Money Mayweather, the money became the goal, and and I don't understand why people who, um, you know, true fans of the sport, for a sport that sucks the life out of you, there's there's not for every Floyd, and there's never gonna there's never been one before. There'll never be another one. No one will ever capitalize on this particular sport the way Floyd Mayweather has, Junior has, right? So for every Floyd Mayweather. There's a guy in the gym um, getting beat up right now that's not going to ever make $10,000. You know, mm-hmm. guys fight. There was, there was years where Floyd would fight for five grand, six grand, and, and the top rank would say, you know, Floyd, we can't pay you right now. He's like, well, how much can you pay? And they say, oh, we have, you know, we're going to pay Oscar a million. We can give you 10 grand. he say, all right, give it to me. Just give me the 10 grand because he had a plan and to see the way he's manipulated the game i mean you got you gotta love it if you don't respect what he's done then you don't get it you don't get you don't get what it really takes to show up in the gym and and put your heart and soul into it every day the dedication hard work dedication it, 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 currently, to this day, there's no one more dedicated to the sport than than Floyd. No one. There's no one doing it that's more dedicated. You gotta gotta respect
1: that. Oh, absolutely. And you know, I didn't like him for a while, and I'll be honest with that. But um, uh-huh. it, with the Manny, Manny Pacquiao fight, and I'm sure I don't know if you were you were on the same thing, but I mean, everybody thought it was gonna be this brawl because it was such hype there was huge hype for that Manny Pacquiao fight and Mayweather played the better game. No, no doubt about it. It, He played the better game. And that's what I respect about Floyd. That's when I started to respect Floyd that it wasn't about taking the big power punch or the power uppercut. He did it in the way he wanted to. And he had a plan from round one to 12. So I have no problem with him winning like that. It, and it's it's not just a brawling game. It's really not.
0: Yep. So so uh, you know, anyone that paid attention, he say he, he'd say, you know, you brought up Arturo Gatti, and also we got to shout out Mickey Roll, Mickey Ward. You know, low, yep, absolutely. Pride, um, pride alone. But Floyd always said that's not cool. Those those type of fights are, aren't. It's not cool to stand there and bash each other apart. It's good for us, the fans. I think. Corrales Castillo one is the greatest fight I've ever seen in my life, ever. I mean, that's a that's a brawl from beginning to end, you know. Um, but at the same time, the the uh, the less the less amount of blows you take, the longer you'll be able to last in the sport, right? So, self preservation at some point has to become a key. Now, with the the Pacquiao fight, I was actually out there, I, so I I was in Vegas. For Mayweather,
1: oh, yeah, oh, okay. yeah,
0: and, and, and um, anyone who thought it was gonna be that type of fight just would just miss the boat. And people complain about it. No one complains about other than the outcome of the fight. No one ever complains about Hagler Leonard, right? Hagler Leonard, um, is quotation fingers a boring fight? You know, it it's got the same the same pace. The same lack of energy. People thought it was going to be a brawl thought. Marvin was going to walk through Sugar Ray, or you know, Sugar Ray was gonna uh supremely outbox Marvin. And it's kind of like it's kind of a stress, but it's also a it, this is a tactical sport, it's a it's a thinking man's sport. And Floyd from round one, there became a time where I knew, and like I said, Pacquiao's in my top five, but there became a time where I knew Pacquiao was not going to be able to beat Floyd. And if they fought again, he's, there was no point in the rematch. He's, he's just not going to be able to beat him.
1: Honestly, not I think enough. it was round no four.
0: Not smart enough.
1: I think it was round four that he started to, to drag Pacquiao if I remember right. But um, yeah, it, it's, it, boxing is, I think it's slowly on the comeback because a lot of top-ranked boxing is on ESPN now. Yeah. So the, you're getting to see like it used to be on ABC for nothing. You know, like you're getting to see top-ranked fighters like were legit, like going for titles on ESPN. So I'm glad that it's going to try to come on the comeback. So I've reached the conclusion. So I, I have two f- good questions for you. Okay. One is your favorite basketball movie, and two, your favorite boxing movie.
0: Wow! So I'm so difficult, man, that I can't just do. I can't just do one. But if you're gonna hold me to one for time purposes, I, I gotta top, go. I don't. Three.
1: I have time. I'm just. I will go. I don't care. Top top three. <laughs>
0: okay. Um, I'm gonna go with Hoop Dreams because that's my childhood. And, and a lot of Arthur Agee's life in that movie, like just me saying the word hoop dreams, I feel it in my heart. Like that's my life. Like that kid, some of those instances, some of those things I was at that particular time in my life. So hoop dreams is number one for me. Um, it's just, there's, there's so many, there's, there's, uh, Cheapest. So on the whole, uh there's so many documentaries that you know man, there's there's so many that I don't want to name them all.
1: What are we <laughs> what are we
0: gonna do? Um I, I will literally have you here all night. uh and you said uh what was the next one? Boxing movie? Boxing. Favorite all-time boxing movie. Wow.
1: All time. That's tough. It's the same thing. Uh, yep. I, see, I knew I'd catch you on a question at some point. Yes. This.
0: Yes. That's a great <laughs> question. Um. Wow. I, I, you know what I want to go with? I want to go with a movie people may not have ever heard of called Girl Fight. There's, Girl a, fight. there's, a, there's a movie out there called Girl Fight. And if you can find it. It is fantastic. It it's a boxing movie, but it's not just about boxing. It's about life. Um, um, and I love Million Dollar Baby. I love Million Dollar Baby as well. I'm gonna shout mm-hmm. out some of the female, uh, uh, some of the female fighters. Um, because we have we failed to mention a female even basketball player. And I just want to throw this out there: Diana Taurasi is the third best basketball player to ever play basketball. So the list is Michael Jordan. Uh, Library than Diane Serrazza, but so on the box in front, I would say Girl Fight. If you guys can find that, find that, and, and I, I love Million Dollar Baby as well. I don't want to say Rocky and you know and things like that because you know everyone says that. So I'm going with Girl Fight and Million Dollar Baby.
1: Okay, okay. So this may so obviously you'll say Rocky, and obviously you'll probably say raging and Bull, but uh, yeah. I am imp- I am impressed with Creed One the first one. Oh, yeah good movie i am i am impressed with that i thought i was gonna not like it and i did and the second one did live up to it but it's not but people compare it to like you do rocky rocky is rocky is obviously rocky and then you got the second one i thought the second one was better than the first one so that's just me because i thought carl weathers was so so like he was in that role like to just be like that that punk you know like mm-hmm. Rocky, I'll like I'll knock you out. You got nothing. Like you you got lucky, you beat me, like type of thing. Um but um yeah, and probably raging bowl too. I I like that one too. That was pretty uh that was pretty messed up. But um for basketball, I would probably have to say um let's see. Well, oh, this is a tough one. You're right, it's a tough but, one.
0: Yeah, I actually think I want to revisit. <laughs> the basketball ones a little bit. Um, um well, go he, got, he, got?
1: Game. he got game. I love that one with Ray Allen. Um let's see. Oh my god. Glory Road, I thought was, was good. Great movie. Um and I don't even care what people say. Space Jam. I love that movie.
0: <laughs> I will make a I, I will make a confession on your show. I've absolutely never seen space jam never I've never seen it.
1: That's okay seen see it. see the second one first and then watch the first one and you'll see how <laughs>
0: Wait when, when you play this back and you see your face when you when I told you I never saw your face it was just like wait uh,
1: what what did this man just say to me like you got to pause it don't worry story. I played it off I played it off <laughs> But yeah um, um oh, real quick let's
0: let's just revisit basketball documentaries for people out there the Street Stops here. Um, hooked, hooked about a guy named Demetrius Mitchell. Oh, those two right there. Start. Please, please start with those two. Find Hooked and find the Street Stops here about Coach Bob Hurley. Wonderful, wonderful doc- basketball documentaries.
1: Bob Hurley is a, one of the best. One of the best. One of the best. Um, Yeah. He he was such a legend in the in the college college world right george what, high school, that high was school. oh high school bob, Sorry, he, oh. that's
0: his son bob hurley bob hurley senior is bob hurley jr's son but the okay. street stops here is about dad it's about bob hurley senior in saint anthony's okay. high amazing amazing documentary
1: oh okay no now i i see the like i see the uh dvd in front of me you know what i mean i <laughs> i see the exact picture of it Ah. Oh. Well, Marcel, it's definitely a pleasure to have you on my show. And I'm sure we could talk basketball all day. I wouldn't, I, didn't, I have my own style of show. I'm not going to be like, well, what's your prediction on who, who wins the NBA finals or, you know, things like that. But I thank you for like telling me your, your great stories about, um, you know, boxing and going um, yesterday. You told me about stuff, which was great too. Um talking about you know different fighters that I know and you know stuff like you know um, Jermaine Taylor knocking losing to Kelly Pavlik nobody would know that but me and you know me and you talk about that nobody would know and I respect that you know the the stuff that nobody really even you're not a true person that doesn't know the game like I, I respect you know the games both both boxing and uh basketball and I thank you for coming on my show and um I hope to talk to you again about all this stuff, and I'm sure we'll have a million questions for each other again.
0: Let's do it. I'm 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 available. You know how to find me. I'm there.
1: Absolutely. You call, I'm there. All right. Well, um, thank you for being on the show, and um, we'll talk to you again. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks for coming on.
0: Yep. Have a good one, man. You
1: too. What's up? We the BMG boys. And thank you for listening. Please follow his Facebook page and subscribe to his podcast at Apple
0: Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Let's go.
1: Wish i When it comes to getting dough with Jason Dallas.